0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert.
1: We've tried to create a visual of the Garden of Gethsemane. And this morning, uh, we're in the series titled The Blood of Last week, I just kind of laid down the foundation. Jesus shed his blood in seven seven different locations on his body. And each one of those locations has a blessing, has a benefit for you and I, that we can live a life with abundance. Can somebody say amen? So this morning... The title of the message is "Blood Shed at Gethsemane." Would you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God this morning? I want to read to you out of 1 Peter chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, now listen to this, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I am so blessed today to have with us, the, to my knowledge, the second oldest member of our church, and Judy Felice, and she has not been able to be here in several months. Let's make her welcome back to her church of 27 years. She's been faithful, amen. And at this time, Judy's gonna bless the reading of the word. Your gracious,
0: eternal, heavenly Father, God, we just praise your holy name this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being here this morning, Lord. We want to serve you, God, as as you would have us serve you, Lord. We never want to fail you. We honor you, God. Yes, God. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being here and the desire, Lord, to be in your house this morning. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you for all that you do, God. Never want to fail you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Mm -hmm. your for your promises, God, your many, many promises that we're able to stand on this morning, God. And you've done so much for us, Lord. We never want to fail to thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen. How's it get any better than that? Judy, I love you. I mean that. You've been a blessing 27 years in my life in this ministry. Verse 20, I believe it's just so incredibly powerful, was for ordained before the foundation of the world. The plan of God was an old plan, very old. I would call it advanced planning. The plan was in the heart of God before sin was in the heart of man, when you think about that. The plan of God was in his heart from the foundation of the world before sin ever entered into the heart of man, before Adam ever sinned in the garden, God already had a plan of Jesus dying on the cross to reconcile you and I as lost sinners to God. That, that's incredible in my mind. Listen, as far as God, and I want you to hear and don't misinterpret what I'm saying, but as as far as God was concerned uh, in in God's mind, in God's view. uh, Jesus Christ died before the world was ever formed in God's mind. Because in Revelation 13 and eight, it says the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And I know Jesus died later, but in God's mind, the plan was already there. His heart was already there. This is a picture of, of pure grace that God would provide salvation before there was anyone that ever needed saved. And that's why they call it amazing grace. Incredible, can someone say amen? In scripture, if you remember, I shared last week, the number seven often symbolizes completion or perfection. Genesis chapter two, verse one and two. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the what day? That was pathetic. And on what day? The seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested on what? Seventh day from all of his work which he had made. All of his work. This has nothing to do with the message, but came to my mind I can remember as a child when I was growing up in church, nobody was open on Sundays. Can anybody else remember that? In the 16th chapter in the Old Testament of Leviticus, we read that people brought two goats to the tabernacle. Now, now just stay with me. Leviticus chapter 16. I want to read verses 14 and 19. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Down to verse 19. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanliness of the children of Israel. The high priest In the Old Testament, the high priest himself had to approach God through a sin offering. He himself had to be cleansed from sin before he could make a sacrifice for the people. Once his sins were forgiven, he stood sinless and perfect before God. Then he was able to offer sacrifice for the sins of the people. What is this? This is a symbol of Jesus Christ, the high priest of God, sinless and perfect before God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And he sacrificed himself for the sins of the world, your sins and my sins. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. At conversion, the very moment we accept Christ, there is an exchange made. I give him my sins. He gives me his righteousness. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It puts us in right standing with God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. There's a lot to learn here today. Please stay focused. We house the presence of God with a brand new covenant. We're not under the law. There's a brand new covenant, a blood covenant. How many know that you and I are redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Anybody know that? So if I was to ask you where the blood was shed, most people would say at the cross. And that's not wrong. But there's other places that bring other benefits and other blessings. His blood was shed seven different times on, and different places on his body. Jesus shed his blood in seven places that you and I might be made whole. Now if you remember last week, I. Read out of Romans 10 and 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that word saved in the Greek is sozo. And it means to be made complete, to be made whole. So over these next few weeks, let's look at the seven different places That Christ bled from his body and let's glean insight into what that sacrifice gives you and I. Again, as I said last week, Hosea said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Let's learn this week. The first place Jesus shed his blood was in the garden of Gethsemane. The garden of Gethsemane on the night of the last supper with his disciples before he was to be arrested It is no coincidence that the first place Jesus redeemed us with his redemptive blood was in a garden because the first place we lost the power of God's blessing was in another garden. It was in the garden of Eden. Can you say amen? I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. The word redeemed means that we are ransomed or bought back to the original place. So we were ransomed in Gethsemane and brought back to the Garden of Eden, the original place before the fall. Hmm. Most of us have at least one area, if not more, in our lives where we have very little or maybe no willpower. How many has at least one area? rest of you either don't have hands or you're lying. Very important. We lost the benefit. We lost the benefit that the blessing of God when Adam disobeyed God in the garden. We lost the blessing of the willpower when Adam disobeyed God. Eve was deceived by Satan But Adam made a choice to disobey God just like any other good man and husband follow along behind his wife. Some of you are afraid to laugh right there. God had told Adam in Genesis 3 and 17, all in the garden, all in the garden is yours, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam is warned, Bruce. Adam received a warning from God to stay away from that tree. What are you being warned? What tree is in your life that God is saying, stay away from that tree? The devil will never show you the end result. Do you hear me? But God always shows you the end result. One day Eve finds herself confronted by a serpent that was controlled by Satan. Anything that is not of God is controlled by Satan. It may look good, it may smell good, but brother, there's a septic tank underneath of it. You need to hear me. This serpent tells her, Eve, God is holding out on you. God's holding out on you and Adam because he knows if you partake of that fruit, then he'll be, you'll be just like him. Eve eats of the fruit, and what happens? Adam follows along. Who's to blame? I'll let you figure it out. In an instant, everything changed. No longer pure. No longer perfect. Now they're shameful, hiding from God. When God used to walk with them in the coolness of the day now they're hiding because everything is changed. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay a whole lot more than what you are willing to pay. You need to hear me. In an instant, everything changed. Sin, what is sin? Let me help define that from James 4 and 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and not to do it is sin, when you know, that it's what you're supposed to do, and you don't do it, that is sin. In an essence, Adam said, Father, not my will, but your will. Excuse Adam said, Father, not your will, but my will. My will. How many of us have been guilty? How many of us have been guilty? Their hands are cut off again, Right? Father, not your will, but my will. When I do my will, I get in trouble. At that very moment, Adam sacrificed man's willpower in every area of our lives. The willpower we lost in the Garden of Eden was won back in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we need that knowledge so we will not perish and we will live a life of abundance. And Jesus said in Matthew 26 and 39, and he went a little further and he fell on his face. And he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou will. Gethsemane, garden of Gethsemane, suffering. Jesus is suffering at the hand of Satan. Satan attempted to kill him and murder the Savior in the garden to prevent the rest of the blood from being shed from there to Calvary. Mark 14 and 33 tells us what our Savior went through. There's two words that says sore amazed means suddenly struck with terror, the Lamb of God. Mark 26 and 37, two words, very heavy. He was weighed down with a feeling of uncertainty and acute distress. We can't imagine the pressure that was upon him. Matthew 26 and 38, exceeding sorrowful unto death, surrounded by grief to the degree that it threatened his life. He was being pressed, being squeezed. And through all this, Jesus was victorious. Why? Because the Father helped him. When you're in the press of life, you can be victorious because the Father will help you. He will never allow on you more than you are able to bear in Luke 22 and 43, and the angel appeared unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And according to Hebrews 4 and 15, he's still qualified to help you and I in the press of life. In Gethsemane, Jesus lays upon cursed ground, and in his sweat and sorrow, he won the victory over sin and its curse. I said he's victorious. If you believe that, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. In Luke 22 and 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Gethsemane means oil press. In the garden, Jesus was pressed by all that hell could bring. All that hell could bring. And he still conquered with you and me on his mind. That's how powerful my God is and the blood of Jesus Christ. Give him another hand clap and somebody give him a shout of praise that you're excited to know about the blood of Jesus. Jesus made the choice, still made the choice to go through knowing everything that he would have to go through. He knew that his beard would be plucked from his face, that he would be taken to the whipping post, that they would strip him, that they would hang a tree on his back that they would shove crown of thorns three and a half inches long down into his skull. He knew that they would nail his hands and his feet to the cross. But all the time, he had his father's will and he had you and I on his mind. Jesus knew exactly what was gonna happen to him. Listen, his spirit was willing to do what God wanted him to do, but his flesh was weak. And there's times in my life, my spirit is willing to do what God wants me to do, but my flesh is weak. So we gotta learn, how did he make it through? Matthew 26 and 39. Oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In confronting death, Christ turned to God, crying with strong cries and tears. What's the Bible tell us that Christ got alone? When you feel like you're being pressed, you better get alone. Some of you may not be feeling that way right now, but if you live long enough, you will. You need to hear what I'm telling you. Christ prayed then, he said, oh my Father, that is the call of a childlike faith and trust in his Father. And I don't know about you, but when I get alone and I call out to my Father, I've gotta trust in him to know that everything is gonna be all right. The Bible said he prostrated himself, he laid down, and then Christ surrendered his will and said, not my will. If you and I can get to the place when we're being pressed, then we can say, Father, not my will, but your will. You will overcome every time. You'll be more than a conqueror, somebody say amen. The Bible says Jesus got up from praying and he went to speak with his disciples. Then he came back to his place of prayer a second and a third time. And he cometh unto the disciples and he findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You and I need to hear that. We had better be prayer minded because the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and he went away again the second time and prayed saying oh my father if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it thy will be done and he came and he found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy and he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words there was a struggle There was a struggle going inside, going on inside of the Lord between His Spirit and His flesh. He was 100% God, but He was 100% man, and there was a battle going on. You need to understand that. Gethsemane is a garden of olive trees uh, at the foot of the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Gethsemane, its name comes from the Hebrew word "Gat Shimon," meaning oil press taking all of them, put it in a press and squeeze it and the oil comes out. Gethsemane was a location. My mind was brought back this week to the fall of 93 before we opened in 94, looking for a church and somebody called and said, hey, we've got a brand, uh, 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 it's completely remodeled inside. Go up Robinson Run like you're going to Peoria, turn to the left and go up Prospect Valley. When you get clear of the head of the valley, there this building was, it was an old building, but we walked inside and it was all brand new. They had a baby grand piano, they had brand new pews, the nursery, they had everything. The Lord said to me, location, 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 location in the natural, location in the spirit realm also. And I thought to myself, would McDonald's open up in this valley? No. The devil is a liar. Tried to misdirect me. I'd rather be in a garage behind subway located with God and under God's direction. You need to hear me. The Lord prevailed because of location. He was located in the presence of his father. He bowed down in Gethsemane. He was in the right location. When you're in the right location, when your spirit is willing and your flesh is weak, you will prevail every time if you're in the right location. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in the house of the Lord. Even greater so as you see that day approaching. Your location needs to be in prayer. Needs to be in worship. Because if you're not in the right location, your flesh will overtake your spirit every time. If we're in the wrong location, we may find it difficult to overcome the struggles of life. That olive, that oil, that oil symbolizes peace. When you're in the right place, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. If you're here and you can testify to that, the peace of God has showed up in the midst of your oil press when you didn't think you could make it, you didn't think the sunshine would come up the next day, you didn't think your finances would be recovered, you didn't think your marriage would make it, you didn't think your addiction would be broke, but all of a sudden uh, you found yourself in the right location, you ought to give God a crazy hand clap and a shout of praise. The sins of the world. My sin and your sin was the oil press. It squeezed him. What pained him more was not the beard to be plucked, not the spikes. What pained him more was to be separated from God, his father. Because God cannot look down upon sin. So it was my sin and your sin that pained him the most. Luke 22 and 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthened him. And being in agony, that's what the word of God, it wasn't no picnic. It doesn't cost you and I anything, salvation, but it cost him everything. And I just wonder, is he getting what he paid for in your life and in my life? And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found him sleeping from sorrow. And then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. Drops of sweat coming. Medical doctors confirmed that at times of intense fear and agony, that a person's blood vessels can literally break beneath the skin and blood will begin to come out of their pores like sweat. So why is that so important? Keep in mind, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, ransomed in the Garden of Gethsemane, brought back to the Garden of Eden before the fall. The first Adam surrendered over willpower to Satan, and the second Adam, Jesus, redeemed our willpower back by saying, Father, not my will, but thy will, and sweating great drops of blood. So I say all that to say this. This is where we gain back our willpower to overcome the drug problems in our lives. I wonder how many would be honest today and say, I've got a drug problem. You may not buy it on a corner. The biggest dope pusher in America is a medicine cabinet in our own bathrooms. Wonder how many is addicted to prescription pills, started out with good intent, and now every day you get up and you say, I'm not gonna do it again. And you do it again, and again, and again. I wonder how many Christians in the house that are saved but you're not whole because you're hooked on pornography. I was introduced to it at about the age of 10 and I know what it can do to your life but I also know what the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can do in your life with the willpower to say I'm going to put it down and not pick it back up again. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. wonder how many in the house of God say I don't have an alcohol problem, but you can't come home from work without sitting down and drinking seven or eight cans of beer. You wake up the next day and you say, I'm not going to do it again, but you do it again and again and again. wonder how many are in an adulterous affair in churches across America and they feel shame from it. They say, I'm not going to do it again, but they do it again and again and again. How about lying? How about cheating? How about anger problems, on and on and on. I read where a man would shoot up in his arm. He had a little cabin out in the woods and he would go out on the front porch, he'd throw that needle as far as he could throw it and say, I'll never do it again. Within two hours, he was out crawling on his hands and knees, trying to find that needle. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. We don't have to live like that. The blood has been shed in Gethsemane to make us whole. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. His spirit and flesh were battling. Jesus' spirit and flesh was battling, but he won the victory. When did he win it? When he submitted to the will of the Father. When will you and I win the victory over our willpower to break the chains and bring down the strongholds in our lives is when we totally surrender surrender and submit our will to the will of the Father. Jesus won the battle. He broke the curse. He redeemed us and gave us back our willpower. Plead the blood. Plead the blood of Jesus over the chains in your life, the strongholds in your life. Let God take you back to the garden of Eden where it was perfect. We got one life to live. Let's live it to the fullest. Can someone say amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Surrender control. I want to share with you in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. Moses said this to God, who am I? God, who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Who am I that can bring down the strongholds in my life? How am I going to do it? And this will be the sign to you that is, I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I just wonder what's keeping you from your mountain. I didn't say drinking a beer send anybody to hell. I didn't say that. But if it has you bound. And you're relying on it. You can't move up the mountain in your spiritual growth. It'll hold you back. And the blood has been shed. That you can be set free. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites I am has sent me to you. I would challenge you this morning. Whatever has you bound, whatever has you from your continual spiritual growth, look it straight in the eye and say, I am has sent me. And you are destroyed. I've taken back my willpower. I'm going up the mountain another few steps. I'm going to continue to grow because there is no greater view than when you make it to the top of the mountain and you can look back and see everything you have overcome by the blood of the lamb. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, your God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Somebody say forever. forever. Look at your neighbor and say neighbor. Yeah. That means you. you. The name by which I am to be remembered from what? Generation to generation. Moses excuse. who am I that I should go? I can't even talk. He was only a simple shepherd, only a simple man. Note God's response, now therefore go, and I will be with thee. I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Teaching us what to say, we're being taught today what to say over the things that have us bound. We're being taught to say, devil, you are a liar. Because the blood was shed in Gethsemane has won back my willpower. You have held me in bondage too long and now I have the knowledge to know that it's not just the blood at the cross, but the blood in Gethsemane has won back my willpower and you are defeated and destroyed and from this day forward, I will not believe your lies any longer. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. This meant that God himself would equip Moses. He's no respecter of persons. What God done for Moses, he will do for you. God would give whatever inner strength and ability that was needed, and that's the same God. I'll tell you, you say, why are you preaching like this to the church house? Because the church house is full of sin. Because we're all sinners. We get phone calls every week. Counseling lined up, I told my daughter she ought to go to school to become a counselor. She'd have a job all day long, every day for the rest of her life. God would arouse the confidence in Moses. He would arouse the willpower and the faith needed to do the task. And I'll tell you, I pray today, God has aroused the willpower and the confidence and the faith in your life to say, you know, this one thing has got me bound. This one thing uh, that I just continue to deal with over and over and over has kept me from climbing the mountain. Throughout scriptures, God promised to be with his people. Throughout scriptures, I'll give you just a handful. God said, he made a promise to Isaac, And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done which I have spoken unto thee. God made a promise to Joshua. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee and I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. He will not fail you, do you hear me? Plead the blood of Jesus over whatever's got you bound and watch the stronghold come down in your life. He's God and if God before you, who can be against you? God promised to be with Jeremiah. Be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Don't be afraid of the face of the addiction. Because the Lord said he will be with you. I am. And these verses is translated, I will be everything you need and everything you need at every time that you need it. Stand with me this morning. What do you need? Don't go another day. God delivered the Israelites from bondage and captivity. And he's wanting to deliver each of us from our struggles. What struggle do you have? If you don't face that giant, What is done in the dark will come out in the light. Football coach for Kansas City, head coach, his son, probably a lot of you read about it. They're in the Super Bowl and they're all celebrating before the game, having a great week. And he had just a couple too many, Rusty. Driving down the road, Mike, you know what I'm talking about. You've pulled him over. Involved in an accident. I don't know the whole story. But now there's a little girl that, as of a couple days ago, was still in a coma. At the party, Mike, devil never showed him the end result. I don't know that man struggles. Don't know. Maybe it was a one-time deal. I don't know. The devil will never show you the consequences. He'll never show you the blister that you got to set on. So if I was you, I would face that giant now. Because now you got the knowledge of the blood of Jesus because you will never, never win that battle on your own willpower. And you don't have to. That's why the blood was shed in Gethsemane. That you could have the willpower to face whatever it is that the devil has kept you from climbing the mountain and looking with a great view. Pray the prayer of Jesus. Pray the prayer, of the power, of the blood of Jesus over your situation in your life. Here was his prayer. Father, not my will, but thy will. So whatever that thing is in your life that's come to your mind since I've been sitting on your front porch for the last 40 minutes, ask yourself, is this the will of God for me? I didn't say it would send you to hell. I said, is it the will of God for you in your life? These things are brought to us, these obstacles by the devil to prevent us from becoming what God wants us to become. So don't settle for where you are now. Look in your heart and look in your life and say, God, what do I need removed that you can take me to the next level? Oh man, oh man. When you go to the next level, when you take a few more steps up the mountain, then you are able. God is just giving you are able to reach back and take somebody else with you. You've got a circle of influence around you that if you would only surrender and give your will to God, God will elevate you. But God will not only elevate you, he will use that elevation in your life to reach back and elevate somebody else. You might be the one that lifts your entire church to another level. That if we would understand that the devil wants to hold us back, but reach up and say, Father, not my, I will, but your will in my life, God will elevate you, but he'll bring a whole bunch of people with you. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So he goes to the garden under great stress and great pressure, knowing what is ahead of him. And he prays, with such pressure and agony on him that the blood begins to drop upon cursed ground. Let it fall on your cursed ground. Let it ransom you and bring you back to the word, sozo, to be made whole. It's not a joke. We're not here just to have another day in church and and, and check off the checklist. If that's what you're here for, you should have stayed in bed. I pray to God you came today to learn and say I'm in a battle and my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak. Young people, you need to hear me. The devil will show you everything that looks good and it's a lie. He loved you in the garden when every drop was to give you willpower to say, Ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. You got in chains that need broken. You hide at nighttime when nobody's looking. You're on your phone when nobody's around. You're calling somebody, texting somebody, and you don't have the willpower to quit. And you're gonna continue down that road because nobody knows, let me tell you something, God knows. Because he never sleeps and he never slumbers, but not only that, it will come out. And when it comes out, friend, it'll wreck your world and everybody else's that you care about. You didn't have maybe the willpower before you walked in here today. You got it now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm speaking to Christians, to the church. This message has touched your heart. And you've received this message today. God has spoke to you, not through me, but through his word. Would you slip your hand high and say, Pastor, I needed that today. I needed that Then i give you the second challenge. Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Come to an altar. Step out and come to an altar this morning. Would you do that? Step out. There's plenty of room, plenty of room around this altar. Say, I've carried it long enough. I've carried it long enough. I've carried it long enough. You've been tormented in your mind from things of the past. In your mind, you say, I'll never think about it again. huh? I'm not going down that road again, but the devil brings it back to your mind. Right now, right now, through the blood that was shed in Gethsemane, if you're tired of fighting that battle, if you're tired of that memory flashing up in your mind, step out and come to an altar and say, God, I'm laying it here, and I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over this. He'll set you free, because he who the Son sets free It's free indeed. Every head still bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you have never called out to Jesus Christ, you have never prayed and asked Christ to forgive you of your sins, friends, there's no other way to tell you you're lost. You're separated from God, but his grace is amazing. And he loves you. And he bled from all seven places of his body for you. And then he said on the cross, it is finished. He wants to make you complete wants to make you whole. Unless you humble yourself and pray and ask Christ to forgive you, heaven would never be your home. If you're here this morning, I'll not come to you, I'll not embarrass you, but if you'd like to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, would you slip your hand up real high, real high, real high. Is there one, is there one, is there one this morning? Please let the Lord touch your heart. If he's speaking to you, surrender give your life to him, is there one? Is there one? Father, you know every need. You know every individual at this altar. You know every individual that didn't step forward. God, I pray that you do a new work in their life. I pray, God, that this word has resonated in their soul, in their spirit, in their mind. That they don't have to fight that battle alone. That the blood that was shed in Gethsemane has already given them the victory. I pray in the name of Jesus that every stronghold be brought down. Every chain be broken. That your sons, your daughters will find freedom here today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.